expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, exploring solutions for life today. A presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Money Man. Overcome. What? What was that? <laughs> Dave Fleming is in the studio. <laughs> sometimes you just got to say, that's all you can say. I mean, sometimes it's just like that. Right, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> Dave Fleming, certified alcohol and drug counselor level two, is in the studio. The Monty Man, uh, addiction peer support specialist by the state of Oregon. I don't know why they ever let me do that. Um, is in the studio and our uh, Bang Energy drinks. So, you know, I really got to get these guys to sponsor us. I mean, they ought to. I buy enough of them. Um, the Bang Energy drink, jokingly and affectionately referred to here at Take 12 Radio as the healthy energy drink. Is there such a thing? I don't know. Denver doesn't seem to think so. But It's called oxygen. It's got CoQ10. It's got super creatine. What's the difference between super creatine and creatine, Dave? It's just double batch. Is it a marketing gimmick? It's just double batch. Potent brain and body fuel. But I tell you what. These things, if you're used to rock stars and monsters and you're sick and tired of feeling like you're gacking, switch over to Bang. Did you mention it also has branch chain amino acids? Oh, yeah, amino acids. And what's really cool, it's got zero carbs, zero caffeine. I mean, zero caffeine. What am I talking about? (laughs) Zero sugar, zero calories, zero artificial flavors. And it's got loads of caffeine. Just 300 milligrams. Per can. So it's like downing three cups of coffee instantly? Something like that? I don't know. We're just it's like seven. Oh, is it really? Cups of coffee. Well, maybe I shouldn't drink three at one time. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life Today with uh, Mr. Dave Fleming, a uh, production of Take Twelve Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Zippity doodah, zippity day. Our topic this week is independent or dependent. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh-huh. we posted a question uh, What are you dependent on? And uh, we got a couple of comical answers. We'll, we'll read them. We didn't get a whole lot of response this time, but we got one really good one, good one we'll talk about. But, um, you know, we're going to be talking about it. it, it What's it like? I mean, is, is, are we talking about emotional sobriety here? Are we talking about being dependent on other things, on healthy things? Maybe supposed, there's something we are to be dependent on. What about being independent? I mean, we just got done with the 4th of July, right? Independence Day, where we broke away from British reign and uh, lit fireworks off and said, happy birthday, America, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so is some of that stuff good? Well, Dave's going to enlighten us, aren't you, Dave? Here in just a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to try. You're going to try to. I'm yes. Zippity, zippity doodah. All right. But first, of course, we must not forget. We have. It's time for That's right. Dave and Monty's Icebreaker. Hit the broom. Yuck. All right. Now. <laughs> yeah, kitty, kitty, kitty. Uh, this is actually an old one. I had to pull it out because I hadn't read it in in several years. Uh, but it is my favorite uh, of all the uh, weird things that I've ever read on the Take Twelve Recovery Radio production detail, of any of our shows. Detail, detail. So, for whatever reason, some people have zero chill instead of coming home from work and seeing what's in their Netflix queue. 
They tracked down whatever new synthetic drug is making its way up from Florida, of course, and throw giant drug tantrums. In the last uh, few years, the news has become clogged with stories of people taking everything from Spice, Flacca, some stuff called Meow Meow, meaning that you were just meowing. Have you heard of Meow Meow? (laughs) I have not. Um, One Mm. called Freezer Burn. And having drug-induced freakout, since every person is different, every drug freakout is different. Some users try to eat their loved ones. We've seen that in the news. Some people try to chop their arms off. And some people just take part in some good old-fashioned streaking. Did you ever streak, Dave? No comment. (laughs) People throwing tantrums when they are using drugs isn't new. A quick YouTube search of teens trying Molly or any other synthetic substance can keep most people from ever trying drugs at all, but not everyone worries about acting like a crazy person. That's why there are so many recent news reports about people freaking out after they take a new random street drug. These stories are horrifying in one way or another, so we're not going to repeat them here because some of them are really gross. (laughs) But this one, Dave... We don't get to give anybody any ideas. No, we don't want to do that. But this one is the king of them all. Uh-oh. I am telling you what. A man flying a popular airline to the East Coast, dressed in a black tuxedo and cape, got up from his seat mid-flight and went to use the facilities. When it was obvious to the flight crew that he was taking way too long than what was commonly reasonable, one crew member knocked on the bathroom door, attempting to get the man's attention, but not a sound came out of the tiny toilet room. So the flight in, so the in-flight marshal, air marshal, broke open the door, and what do you suppose he found, Dave? I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Please. I would say a dead guy. Well, that would be a matter of opinion. Okay. Uh, The gentleman was hanging upside down, feet strapped to a beam in the ceiling, and he was asleep. He was under the influence of some kind of downer. Was Uh, it Bruce Wayne? uh, No, but close. (laughs) Uh, Once he was awakened, his identification was, was, of course, required of him. The name on his ID, no joke, was Bella Lugosi. Do you recognize that name, Dave? Oh, yeah. The self-proclaimed vampire was taken into custody and supervised by law enforcement for the remainder of the flight. <laughs> what? He had his ID. I mean, he, he must have gotten his plane ticket with his ID, obviously, right? Well, come on. You can change your name. It sure. doesn't mean you can't, you're not allowed to get but tickets wow. anymore. So for those younger ears that may not know who the real Bella Lugosi was, he was the original black and white TV version of Count Dracula. And evidently, this gentleman, (laughs) I just don't understand. First of all, I can barely use those bathrooms. How in the world does somebody manage that? Well, (laughs) as you know, we are very creative. Drug addicts or just people with life controlling controlling issues. If they want to do something, they're going to do going it to stop them. Well, right? that's why normal people don't get it because they think, well, if right. we, we take you and we put you out in the middle of nowhere, right? That you're right. not going to help become sober. But I, I was just thinking of all the premeditation that went into this. I mean, he came on board in a tux and a cape. Now that uh, it probably would have, I would have kind of been looking at him kind of weird anyway. But what, what, you know, who knows? Maybe he came from a costume party. I don't know. <laughs> There's people every day that dress in costume. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, though, with the, the seats getting smaller and smaller in those flights, maybe it's better to sleep upside down in the uh, vest- vestibule. <laughs> <sighs> oh, my goodness. Well, it does it for our icebreaker. Um and Mr. Bella Lugosi. <laughs> Let's break that ice. All right, we'll be back. Right after this. 
Hey, did you know that September is officially National Recovery Month? That's right. So I want you to join us on September 7th at Marion Square Park in Salem, Oregon from 2 to 7 p.m. Why? (laughs) It's hands across the bridge. The theme, building bridges, and the admission is free. Come join the celebration. We're going to have a DJ, rent of live music, food, games, and a whole lot more. This is the 12th annual Hands Across the Bridge. And during the main event, attendees will walk over the Marion Street Bridge to honor those in recovery and to remember those lost to addictions and mental health challenges in the past year. When? Hands Across the Bridge, Building Bridges, September 7th, Marion Square Park in Salem from 2 to 7 p.m. Remember, the admission is free and there's going to be a whole lot of fun and a whole lot of building bridges. 2018 Hands Across the Bridge is organized by Marion Polk Peer Coalition and sponsored in part by Take 12 Recovery Radio. Yeah, that's right. You're entitled to overcome because of the grace of God. Welcome back. Dave Fleming is here. Yes, he is. And the topic. That's right. That's right. That's right. And the topic is independent or dependent. Uh, What are you dependent on? Are you codependent? Are you? Can you be? Can you be? Co-codependent? (laughs) That would mean Uh, that means you're dependent on chocolate. Cocoa. Cocoa. Dependent. See what I did there? Turned it into a food thing. That's pretty crafty. Yes, I know. I know. So give them a cookie. So a guy, so a couple of uh, responses. Uh, what are you dependent on? Uh, Robert J said buffalo wings. Uh, awesome. Bobby Z said <clears throat> money with a question mark. Uh, my friend from Texas, Mike M said mm, coffee. Uh, Dennis B, who I. Uh, Spent a lot of time with in Yosemite National Park back in the day. Um, he's a great guy, though. He said he, he's dependent on his stupid cat. I bet you got some stories to tell. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jennifer H. said, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and Father God. That's who she's dependent on. Shane L. said, dependent because when I bring in a co-pilot, I lose control of my life and everything else. Joy is gone. So I depend, I depend on having joy. Uh, our buddy Brandon S. said, I am dependent on God's strength and his grace that he gives me. Denver, I'm not sure what this means. He says, I don't know. How can I support you? I don't know. I need this. I don't know. We're a mess. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> uh, I think that's a reference to certified peer support specialist. No, okay. Right? Okay, yeah, okay. I just thought maybe his sugar levels were off again. Um, <laughs> that could be it, too. And then Shelly mm. uh, F. said, and I, I like she said, for the longest time I was dependent and codependent on my husband. I was dependent on him to be my source of self-worth and codependent on him trying to fix him, protect him from his addiction. Of course, <laughs> as it were, this was completely unsuccessful and that I ended up re- relapsing with him. Uh, We've heard that story way too many times. By the grace of God, we now have three years clean. Congratulations. And our relationship is stronger than it's ever been. But I really believe we are this exception and are very lucky and blessed to have made it through all that we have. Uh, Yeah, you are. You are are blessed to have made it through that. That doesn't always end up that well. Yeah, it may may seem like the exception, but we want to try to make that the rule. Yeah, because actually... Because me and my wife were kind of were in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it, we that's the thing. We hear a lot of the, excuse me, the loud bangs that happen from active using. Um, but we don't always hear the success stories. I mean, or they don't, they don't scream as loud. Right. Uh, but there are, right? There are yep. thousands and thousands of success stories of people who have recovered. People have recovered together. People that are serving God in recovery together. Um, there's a lot more out there than what we think. Yeah. Yeah. So so why this topic, Dave? What's up? Well, uh, a few things came to mind this week. You know, obviously with the 4th of July, you know, we're, we're thinking about, you know, Independence Day and, yeah. and being America's and, uh, and not being, you know, dependent on, you know, any other 
countries, I guess, if you will, uh, from our past. Right. The whole independence thing. But also, uh, we've been talking about this topic uh, as one of the underlying themes about <clears throat> the guys that I work with, about being independent versus being dependent on, like, you see, these, see people come through, um, we call them institutionalized, right? Mm-hmm. So they basically, the only time they ever seem like they get it together is when they're in a treatment program. And they're in a controlled environment, so to in speak. Controlled environment. Yeah. Someone telling them what to do, when to do, and where, you know, all that. And so, <clears throat> what I try to do is help as much as possible to, you know, uh, help these guys to become independent, where they can do it on their own instead of relying on, you know, a facility or the the people whoever if there's any left. Um, that we burn bridges on, you know, sometimes we still have some of those people and we want to go back and ask mm-hmm. for their help because they're willing to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we need to do it on our own in order to bring more value to our recovery and to our lives. Because I, if I do something myself, if I earn something myself, I'm going to feel better about it. It's going to build my self-esteem and I'm going to do better moving forward in life if I've actually done it on my own and you're going to work harder to maintain it right because it's your work that you did right yeah you know if i you know if i borrow 20 bucks from somebody right to pay off a fine or something it's it's not sometimes it's going to mean something in the moment but long term it just kind of fizzles out of your brain because it's like you know it's like well yeah they said they didn't that i didn't have to pay it back but if you had to chop blackberry bushes for three hours to make that 20 bucks you're going to value that a whole lot more right well, and I think it's it's. I don't want to call it penance, but when we look at our, our lives, and I know look if I look at my life and my addiction and my behaviors and and all that, um, I have to take responsibility for all of the other times that I didn't get caught. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I just hear people complain about yeah, all oh, this consequences, consequence that I'm going to go spend some time in prison, whatever. Yeah, but think about all of the other times that you could have spent more time in prison or have died because, you know, you just didn't get caught. Right. So I look at it as, as if I am if I go out and I give back, it also helps build that same self-esteem as if I'm building – I'm doing this I, – I want to I say on my own but not on my own, right, because that, that's where that independent dependent comes on because uh, my buddy – my buddy Mike, um, he talks about uh, never being independent from the perspective of uh, being with the we of the rooms, right? Yeah. Because we can't do this on our own. Right. So in that aspect, we – or with God, we can't do it with, without God and with other people. Um, I don't know if I would call it being dependent or never being independent, but I think there's a it's it's the old uh, can't keep what you don't give away. Yeah, I think, conundrum, right? Yeah, is he talking about like like if we're going to be dependent, we need to be dependent on our higher power. I mean that 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 goes without saying, right? We're dependent on him. But I and I don't know if this is what he meant or not. But I know that there's a lot of people that are meeting dependent. Oh yeah. Or they're step dependent, or they're sponsor dependent, or church dependent. Oh my gosh, my week was terrible. I needed I wish it was Sunday. Well, I do too. But are you so dependent on that that you can't stand on your own two feet, like Dr. Alan Berger talks about, and be emotionally sober because your dependency is on other people other than just you and God. Yep. And I think there's a big difference there. Well, and I think we loosely throw the terms around or they can be right. convoluted because we say, well, yeah, I need a meeting today, right? Yeah. Or, you know, I can't wait till Sunday or whatever. can't wait till it's Monday Bible study. Sure. Whatever it is, um, it isn't that necessarily we're dependent on it, but it's like, I know early on for me, I was doing something every single day for my, for my recovery and my right. sp- spiritual fitness. And so if I didn't do anything for a long period of time or if I, so you go from doing it daily to not doing it for a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those things that I feel better when I go to a meeting, right? Because I get to, I like to do mine oftentimes in the end of the day. So I'm, I kind of share, 
what's going right, what's going wrong. Okay. Or just listen. Yeah, that makes sense. And then it's all out there. It's gone for the day. I don't have to take it home with me. I don't have to sit there and let the committee, you know, <clears throat> have a party in my brain while I'm trying to sleep. So, so if you feel better after you've gone to a meeting, that isn't necessarily being dependent. It's okay to say, I need a meeting, right? Right. But it's it can be construed as, oh, you're meeting dependent. And I, you know, sometimes, I mean, there are some people that. that well, some people are legalistic like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that kind of goes along with just doing the wall steps, right? Right. I'm not working the steps. I'm doing the steps at a meeting. It's, there's a big difference. Right. Right. So I think that's that kind of came into play, you know, and, and uh, things that Mike came up with, um, I didn't initially think, you know, think about, but it, it's true. It's like we we are, uh, in a sense, dependent on the we of the program, right, or the we of our faith because we can't do it by ourselves. We can't isolate ourselves in our house and grow spiritually. I mean, maybe to a, maybe a little bit, but pretty difficult. We weren't created to to walk. We're social beings alone. Yeah. We weren't created that way. We're social. That God saw a need. I mean, if you're going for, with biblical truth, God God saw a need in His own creation that it was not good for man to be alone. So right. He created a helpmate. We get in trouble when we're alone. <laughs> yeah. And we, you know, we always joke about you know an addict and alcoholic alone is in bad company, that that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think, and I think you're right. I think sometimes we mince words. And so, if I'm so dependent on the meeting or another person, then I'm going to use. If I can't get there, then maybe I've, I've got some work I got to do. But I know for me, when I was er- early in my recovery, um. It was kind of good that I was dependent on that because I, I, I ran to it, you know, and, and then I learned how to stand on my own two feet through sponsorship and the step work. But but I was like, yeah, I, I really need to be there now. And so I'd go down to they called it the URS club. Sometimes they're Alano clubs, things like that. And I would hang out where it was safe because the obsession hadn't been removed yet and I needed to be in a safe place. And so I was dependent on that, the availability mm-hmm. of that safe place to be. Yeah. yeah for me, my, the, my recession was removed like in the beginning uh, of this last, you know, this last go around, but I don't know how life live life on life's terms. So that was the main reason why I went to meetings every day for almost two years is because I don't, I don't have all the answers, and I'm kind of scared because now God removed my obsession, and what do I do? Were you lacking in basic life skills? No. So you knew that I in your head, the right? radar for years. Yeah. So explain explain to the listeners and to me what you mean by you didn't know how to live life in life terms. Well? Just didn't know how to act? The the normal see I had chemicals usually in my system twenty four seven whether it's alcohol right. meth ca- caffeine uh, insulin you know from food whatever right um, so I didn't know how to operate on a daily basis without without having that. those chemicals on board gotcha and so uh, how can I explain this so. You were My normal on operation uh, before I had my spiritual awakening was I just I'm all full full steam ahead, it, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm selfish, uh, I'm self centered, and I'm controlling. And if you don't do things my way, I don't have time for you. Right? Life's too short. I'm in a hurry. Let's go. Uh, so I just that's how I go through life. I never apologize to anybody for anything. If you didn't like it, tough. My motto was, I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what you say about me because you don't really matter. What are you going to do for me? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And that comes from probably being let down so many times. That right. I those guards up. It's like, well, uh, no one's going to help me. I'm going to help myself. Sure. So when I came in, you know, I had my spiritual awakening, you know, as I've said before, is the only thing you have to change is everything. Right. And so what does that look like? I have to be the opposite of that. And so not knowing what that's going to look like in my life and how it plays out, uh, is kind of what I mean. 
yeah. not knowing how to live life on life's terms because I'm so used to operating under this, you know, you can say mask or different, you know, just totally different mindset. Right. That I didn't know how it was going to play out, but I had gotten to the point where I knew that God said, you have to change or you're going to die. That was pretty much cut and dry. Wow. So what does that look like? How do I do that? I don't really know, but I know there's people that uh, have gone before me that have followed the 12 steps and the, you know, 12 traditions and all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've seen people be successful and I value these people's opinions. And so, and I'm smart enough to figure it out that, uh, okay, now I got to take all this information that I have in my head and all the stuff that that I was told uh, in treatment uh, I actually had to put it into practice. And so that was when I, I said, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability for an entire year. And if thing, my life does not get better and does not change, then I'm going, I can go, I can always go back to doing what I was doing. And my life changed. My life had already changed. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. And a lot of that time I had to sit and listen and I had to think about what I was going to say before I said it, which is, I mean, that's new. Because when I'm going to have chemicals on board, the filters are all turned off and stuff just comes out. Right. Yeah, you bet it does. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, well, I guess I won't do that again, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we kind of talk about that as acting first and thinking later. Well, now I think first and act, act later. Or, or sometimes I don't act at all. I just process whatever the situation is. And, mm-hmm. you know, think about it. I use a filter through, you know, what is my part in it? Is there something that I could have changed or done differently to make the situation different? Or is it has nothing to do with me? And I need to, I, I don't, I need to kick it off, off my, off my rail. Cause it, it it's not about me. It's about the other person that's there. Yeah. I'm not going to take their inventory. You know, I knew, and this this was something that that I came across a lot when I was using. Um, I I would start out a relationship with a group of people, depending on where I moved to, because one of the first things I had to establish was a source of narcotics and alcohol that was of the utmost importance. So I'd move to a new town, let's say Hayward, California, like we were talking about. Uh, And I would work very hard on discovering where my sources would be. And then I would start hanging out with those people. And what I found a lot of times where even those people got tired of me because I was, I would go so overboard. And where these folks, I mean, most of them were, they were stoned on the weekends. I mean, they drank a little too much on the weekends. But they were very responsible in their jobs. Some of them were drug dealers, but they still went to work. But not me, man. I was so dependent on being so messed up that I would even lose relationships that were unhealthy that were feeding my addiction. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. You know, dealers were saying, don't come over here anymore. <laughs> you're you're going to die. Yeah. You need to go away. You know, go get some help, something. Yep. I mean, I mean, I. It's like the devil didn't even want anything to do with me, kind of thing. <laughs> that, that's pretty dependent. Yeah, that's pretty doggone dependent. And then the loneliness that crept in. If anybody's listening that can identify, you know what I'm saying. The loneliness that kept in because because all of a sudden, and I promised myself years ago that when I started drinking alone, I would quit drinking. That that's kind of an empty promise. I didn't know that I would be powerless to do that. But right. and I found myself in the most beautiful place on the planet, Yosemite <clears throat> National Park, in a cabin that that I got to live in as an employee, sitting on the steps of that cabin, watching the tourists go by with a bunch of beer, and nobody wanted to have a drink with me. Nobody. Well can you imagine if you're picturing that in your head? You're a tourist and you're walking down the trail. Yeah. <laughs> And there's a cabin off to the left, right? Yeah. Or the right. Right. And here's a, a park ranger in his uniform 
<laughs> sitting on the front stoop, surrounded by beer cans. Are you going to go up and, and say, hey, I, hey, I, hey, brother, you want to go fishing? I, I knew a couple people that might have gotten, hey, that's cool, man. Let's go party with the ranger. Uh, yeah, probably not. But, yeah, I mean, probably can not. you picture that in your head? I mean, yeah. it's just, yeah. But at the time, I, I know that now, right. but at the time, I'm like, what's wrong with everybody? Right. I'm such a nice guy. Right. I'm so much fun. I'll pay. Surely somebody wants free booze. But no. And so I, I discovered that I was also very dependent on people's acceptance of me. And that just fed the alcoholism because right. I would drink more. And it's a sad state of affairs to live like that. Well, thank God we don't have to live like Hallelujah, that Hallelujah, right? right? <laughs> I look at that guy now and I go, who was that guy? I, I It's like, are you serious? That's like a, another <laughs> lifetime ago in another universe. Right, right. Yeah, so it's uh, we've, we've kind of gone down this, this rabbit other, trail. other trail here, but... Um, <clears throat> It's just trying to get people to think about what are what are the uh, are they independent or are they dependent, and you can filter that through whatever your sure. experience is, whatever wherever you are in your in your life, you know, you could be in the middle of your addiction, right, and say, well, uh, I, I'm not independent. I'm dependent on this chemical, mm-hmm. but I would like to be independent. So. Uh, uh, I urge you to ask for help. Reach out. You can even uh, write into us, and we'll we'll help you. Uh, Absolutely, find, find something. Take twelve radio at comcast dot net. Uh, you can stay strictly, you know, anonymous. I'm not gonna mention your name. We can point you in some directions. Yeah, we just probably need to know what like state and city you're in, maybe. Yeah, but I mean, as far as we're not gonna. It's confidential. The email it says right on the bottom. So right, right, yeah, right. Um, and that and that's for many. That's the first first program of action is just to say, help me, help me. Uh, that's a powerful, powerful um, tool right there. I mean, to, just to say help me. I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't even close to that yet, but if you are. And you want some help? Uh, we have a resource page at take12radio.com, and all those organizations have been vetted very carefully. Um, Dave's got connections. I've got connections. Um, at the very least, if you want prayer, we we are more than willing to take those requests and pray too. But um, yeah, reach out, reach out. So, Dave. Being independent, learning to to stand on your own two feet, learning to be emotionally sober, uh, that's that's a bit of a process too. I mean, because mm-hmm. now you now you are chemical free. Your best buddy, the whatever it was, right? I would I'd walk over my grandmother's grave to get mine. It's not there anymore. We're not all of a sudden overnight. Boom these independent beings that are just doing well. Right. Well, we find other things to, uh, to fill that, that hole, that, that God shaped hole that they talk about. Right. Cause that's basically what it is. Is there something spiritual in us that, that's not getting fed? And so whatever, you know, whatever your, your spiritual life looks like, uh, continue down that path because that's, what's going to feed your, uh, it's going to help the rest of your recovery, uh, come into place or stay in place. Because if you don't have that on a regular basis, the other stuff isn't going to matter because it's all going to fall apart eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're going to meetings on a regular basis, you know, daily or, you know, once a week or, you know, three times a week or whatever it is. Right. Doing service work, that's the stuff that's going to help us change the way that we think and change the way that we treat people and change the way we, we look at ourselves. Because there's nothing like helping somebody else and having them uh, thank you, or even doing something. I like to ha- I like to do uh, I like to do things do like do something for somebody else without expecting anything in return, right? Mm-hmm. So you do something anonymously that somebody doesn't know about it, right? 
and I, and I asked, have my clients do that too, just to be able to watch what happens if they're able to do that. I've seen th- miracles happen. I've heard these great stories, um, and I don't, I don't step up and take credit, but I, I just keep it to myself, and it makes me feel good. It gives me some positive self-esteem, which helps me be more independent because now I'm practicing these things that everyone talks about, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing the promises come true, and I'm seeing the, the, the fruit, and so I'm going to continue doing it. Because I'm getting, I'm feeling better about myself and about this, you know, this whole life thing. And and there's something really to be said about doing something anonymously. If you've never done that, and if you're like me, you're a little bit, you you kind of enjoy getting attention. You kind of enjoy a pat on the back. Most of us do. Go to NA. You know. (laughs) There is something to be said that if you've never tried this, doing something totally anonymously and then watching the results and never saying a word. I guarantee you whatever voice in your head is saying that it won't satisfy a need in you, it will. Something will happen to you and you'll want to do it again and you'll want to do it again. It'll blow your mind, but you'll never want to do it again unless you do it the first time. Right. Uh, and I went for years not willing to try that because I was scared to death that I wouldn't get the, the the feel good because the feel good I was dependent on other people telling me thank you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I stepped out and just did it, and it was hard, Dave. Mm-hmm. It was hard, and just did it, and it was like all the fear went away. And it, and it it's it's something I, I you just got to experience for yourself doing something <clears throat> anonymously for somebody else. It's right. the payoff. And if you're doing it purely to help the other person and not for the payoff, you'll get the payoff. Yep. It's the whole, I mean, people try to describe what it's like or why it happens. And it's, 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 it's hard to put your finger on it, but it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But you can't just do it because it works. Yeah. You know, my pastor <clears throat> from uh, Maranatha in, in uh, Minnesota, uh, Pastor Mike, he, uh, he tells people, you know, uh, be a be a part of the community, you know, and help help others, mm-hmm. help your neighbors out, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he says is like, you know, that cart that's sitting next to your car when you pull into the parking stall, right? Grab that cart and take it in with you. Yeah, sure. Right? You're you're helping that guy that has to go out there and round up all the carts and or girl uh, in the parking lot and, and drag him in. So <clears throat> I've heard that so many times that I can't go to any. Shopping mall that has carts in the back. parking lot yeah. without at least putting one or two of them, right? Or if the the cart corral is is all jacked up and the carts are all crooked, and yeah, I, yeah, I straighten them out and put them in so you can put ten more in there or whatever, whatever it is. And it's like, you know, because I know if I was in that job and I walked up and I saw that all the time, where I have uh, people put the cart next to the corral, yeah, or you know. Tw- Four feet away because they're too lazy to put it away. You know, after a while, that wears on you. I have to chase all those. And let me tell you, as somebody who's worked in retail, the last thing you want to have to do during your day is do a cart run. Right. They suck. Really bad. Even if you got one of those little motors with the blinking light on it that pulls them automatically, it ain't no fun. But I've seen people, and I've done this, take the shopping cart, empty it into my car, Right. And that cart corral is right there. And I left it on the other side of my car and didn't even put it back in the cart corral. How selfish is that? And I'd look at it and go, huh, I probably should have done that. And then drove off. You still get in your car and leave. I know. I've done that before. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually gone out to my car with the cart and and thought about it, you know, and it's like the cart corral is right there. Yeah. And And I actually take it and I push it all the way back to. Uh, inside the store. Yeah, I've done that too. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, okay, because, you know, <laughs> like a good addict or recovering addict or in recovery, um, it's either all or nothing, right? Yeah, so it kind of seems to I got to go way. overboard. Yeah, so, so you're going to take it all the way back. If to the cart, <laughs> take it to the cart corral is good, then taking it back into the store is better. Is better. You can also look around and see if somebody needs it. 
Yeah. That's nice. I love it when I'm getting out of my car and, and a lady will say, do you, do you want this cart? Yeah. Or I say, hey, would you like me to take that back for you? Sure. Because I'm going to get a cart anyway when I go inside. I might as well. And you got to walk, you know, mm-hmm. 50 feet or 100 feet to get to the, the cart corral. Hey, I'll take it in for you. I was, I was at uh, our favorite grocery store. The big W. <laughs> uh, <Wally> world. <laughs> yesterday, and I was in a putt-putt because, you know, I can't walk very far because of my, my back and everything. And so I'm, I'm in a putt-putt. If you're fortunate enough to even get one, um, it's a blessing. So I'm putting along, and I have like three oh. items, man. And there was a lady in front of me in the line. There was only two checkers open, and the place was packed. And the self-checkout was just crammed like a bad traffic jam. So I went into this line. This lady had, she had tons of stuff. And she looked at me and she goes, I feel terrible. You don't only have a couple of items. You really need to go before me. I said, ma'am, I am sitting down. I'm fine. I'm sitting down. I'm very comfortable. I'm fine. And she was having a terrible day. She was just having, her ice cream was melting because she lived out of town, you know, there's just no way I could have gone in front of her. Here I am. I'm in a lounge chair on wheels for crying out loud. Right. You know, uh, but I know people that would have. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll go ahead. Yeah. You know, it, what I'm saying is it's so simple sometimes, right? It doesn't take a whole lot yeah. to put somebody else before you. Or you get the, the you get people that apologize. I'm sorry it's taken so long. I always tell them, eh, life's too short to be in a hurry. Right. Take your time. When I came in this store, I knew I was going to be here a while. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you want people to uh, to really get out of this independent versus dependent thing? What do you want them to hear today, Dave? I, I just want them to identify what their own view of what independent or dependent means. Mm. Uh, because there's no real right or wrong answer. Sure. I mean, I hate... I, I don't like leaving things like that, but in this case, it is because every person's in a different situation. So whatever it whatever it fits in for you, then it fits in for you. Yeah, I think we've covered uh, a various uh, range of uh, of areas that what's dependency look like or independence mm-hmm. look like. So, yeah. Well, and if you're dependent on your stupid cat, Dennis. I'll power to you. Meow. 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 <laughs> All right. Our closing song this week is uh, by a good friend of mine. His name is Joe E. Fingers. Joe Fuller is his real name. And he's one of these guys, Dave, he can tickle the ivories like nobody's business. And it's just him and his piano. This is a song called I Used to Drink by Joe E. Fingers. You know I said to pray 
is our sober friend, Mr. Joe E. Fingas. Visit his Facebook page. Get a hold of him. You can get more of his music. Go to facebook.com forward slash J-O-E-F-I-N-G-A-S. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Dave Fleming wishing God's perfect serenity for you and reminding you that you are entitled to overcome. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Hey, wait a minute. Don't shut this thing off. Listen, I've got something to tell you. This is important. You know, maybe you don't know, that we have other recovery-focused shows here at KHLT Recovery Broadcasting and Take 12 Recovery Radio. On your internet dial at Take12Radio.com, Monday's show, The Great Reality, with Tony J, Denver, and Marv. And, of course, moi, the Monty Man. We have a great time. We kick it around, have some fun, have some laughs with the weekly wine, Take 12 trivia, and then a vital topic that always surrounds around improving your quality of life and recovery. Every other Wednesday, <laughs> well, we got the Victory Report, where members of Teen Challenge of Arizona share their experience, strength, and hope as it relates to overcoming life-controlling issues. And then on the Wednesdays that we don't do that, we try to have specialty interviews with members of the uh, recording industry, authors, clinicians, and folks just like you and I who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And of course, Friday's show, the one you just listened to, <laughs> entitled to overcome solutions for life today with certified alcohol and drug counselor level two, Mr. Dave Fleming. And of course, me, the Monty man, making a whole lot of racket. Listen, you don't want to miss any of our shows. Simply go to take12radio.com and find your chosen way to tune in, listen, download. You need an app for iOS or Android? We got all that too. Take12radio.com.